Welcome to Open Hands, a podcast exploring spirituality, mental health, and the space in between. I'm your host and fellow wanderer, Sarah Nickerson. This week, Aniva shares her thoughts on being a new mother and what it means to her to raise her son amidst racial injustice in America. Thanks for listening. All right. Well, welcome, Aniva, to Open Hands. We're so glad to have you on here today. Um, You and I have known each other for a really, really long time, so it's definitely a treat to have you on. And usually what we do is we just start by having our guests tell us a little bit about themselves. So whatever you want to share is great. Okay. So first off, thank you so much for having me. (laughs) I think this is so cool that you have a podcast. Like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, A little little about myself. Um, I'm 22 years old. I just had a baby recently. He's three months, about to be four um, on the 8th of July. He'll be four months. Um, That's so crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... That's all I can think of right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, like, what are some things that you do for fun? Like, what are your interests, hopes, yeah. dreams, any of these things? Um, interests. I love dance, of course. Yes. Like, dance is life. Yeah. <laughs> like, specifically contemporary and ballet. Mm. Um, hope of mine is to not have to work my day job anymore and find yeah. like an actual passion that pays the bills <laughs> and yeah. supports the baby. Yeah, um, sure. yeah I, I think those are my hopes and dreams. Yeah, I love that. Well, talk to me a little bit about what uh, the season of life has been like for you with the pandemic, with the Black Lives Matter movement, yeah. um, what your experience has been like being a mother, anything that you want to talk about. Yeah. So this season of life is like really transitional for me, like Mm. being pregnant and everything like so young, it's like really like transitioned me into like womanhood. I didn't like, yeah, (laughs) I didn't like feel like a woman before this. I was still living with my mom. Like Mm. I was working and barely paying bills. Like I gave my mom a little bit of money for rent, but like nothing crazy. My bills aren't crazy. I still had so much money left over, very little responsibility. (laughs) But then like being pregnant and then um, wanting to move out of my mom's apartment and like, start life with my boyfriend and Mm. all these things everything was just super transitional and then when he the baby came it's just like oh my gosh now like I'm a mother yeah (laughs) this is my responsibility for the rest of my life yeah yeah like I really need to get it together (laughs) for sure like I feel like I've I've been doing like really well with just like coping with postpartum everything Mm -hmm. Like, mm. I didn't know, like, so much came with, like, having a baby, like, the after the aftermath of having a baby, right. like, yeah. postpartum depression, postpartum hair loss, Oof. like, postpartum this, postpartum that, it's like, yeah. taking care of yourself, and then also taking care of this baby and making sure, like, your mental health is good for mm. your baby, because mm-hmm. the, you're the person taking care of them, you can't, like, pour into right. a cup of, cup of yours is empty so like yeah uh, 
it's been a lot, but like, I think I've been handling it really well. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I can definitely attest to that. Just seeing everything Thank that you, you post and talking to you, like you've been such an amazing mother. Uh, and it's just been such a joy and a privilege to, to watch you grow into this role. Um, you. like, what do you feel like mental health wise has been toughest for you? Um, I guess like quarantine, like yeah. this whole pandemic thing has been like really tough because like when the baby was born, he was born March 8th. Um, that was like the week before we went into quarantine. So mm-hmm. my mom came over and helped me for that first week. Like she was, she stayed with me at my apartment yeah. for the first week and helped me so much. But like after that week, we didn't see anyone else for months. Wow. So like, yeah, it's like really hard. Like already having the baby, of course, like you have to like stay home and be cautious of like who the baby's around and everything like that and yeah. their health. But then like not seeing anyone mm-hmm. <laughs> and not having any help at all yeah was like whoa like how do I do this <laughs> yeah. yeah so Absolutely. yeah like that like I really I really took that into consideration when I was like evaluating myself day to day like mm-hmm. like I don't have any help how am I feeling today like what do I need today like wow. even if that was like shopping <laughs> Amazon has become my best friend. Yeah, (laughs) I hear that. So I just like did what I felt like I needed to do in the confines of my house to like just help with my mental health the best that I could, which turned out to be a lot of shopping, but like, girl, whatever. Yeah, it was worth it to me. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, the pandemic, like on the one hand, it was. Like, it sucks that it happened, but it was good timing for me because, like, I could be out of work for all this time. True. Like, on maternity leave and everything. Like, I missed the whole pandemic, thankfully. Um, So did did my boyfriend, thankfully. Right. Because of the baby. Um, Mm -hmm. On the other hand, it just, like, sucked. Like, we can't go outside. We can't see anyone. No one can see the baby. Like, ugh, so much. I can imagine, too, that that would, like – being a new mom that that would feel really isolating because it's like it's hard to at least I know for myself when I'm going through something like what helps is to be able to talk to somebody else in person who's going through the same thing and then you Mm -hmm. can kind of be like yeah like this is what it feels like and this is why it's hard so I can imagine being at home and like not maybe having other new moms to get together with or to talk to must have been really hard too yeah exactly It, it was really hard like I have a few friends that are like recently pregnant or recently yeah. just had a baby and like social media has helped a lot with that like just yeah. connecting with like other moms moms like across the country and like mm-hmm. just like all in the same thing like we're all dealing with the same thing right now which is like it's nice to yeah. like have that but at the same time it sucks because like why is this going on absolutely yeah, yeah. For sure. What do you feel like was like, if if you want to share, like what were some of the thoughts that like you really struggled with, with the postpartum depression or just um, being a new mom? Like what were some of them, like the more tougher, um, maybe like thinking patterns that came up for you or feelings? I guess like 
being so far from family like I I live in the Bronx now my entire family lives in Queens so it's like like I can't just walk down the street and like wave at my mom through the window (laughs) like I'm all the way across across the state (laughs) in the Bronx so that's been really tough for me and then like just like now that like things are opening up and everything like that like I guess like seeing my boyfriend go out so much and like having people to like hang out with and all these other things it's like kind of tough for me also because it's like okay like that's nice for you but for me like I really have to take care of this baby all day long yeah it's so (laughs) different right it's so different like I posted on Twitter like a couple weeks ago I was like oh in in the next life I want to be the dad (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it, it just like seems so easy like I'm I know it's not like I know my I boyfriend yeah my boyfriend deals with me all day which is a lot right. <laughs> but <laughs> it's just like wow like you get so much freedom that like I don't like even if I do go out like okay now I have to worry about pumping and like making yeah. sure that I left enough milk for the baby and then worrying about the baby all day long because mm. I'm his mom and I, I know things yeah. that like no one else may know about sure. her so it's like ugh, it's not easy yeah it's mom. like a very selfless like in every area right like your emotions your body exactly your relationships like it's just like one big like giving mm-hmm. um, exercise. Yeah, exactly. Ugh, it's well, crazy. <laughs> yeah. Well, and like, what has it been like for you with all the protests going on and with the Black Lives Movement? How has that affected your thoughts about having a baby, um, you know, at this time or in general? It's been a lot. It's been like really yeah. hard. Like yeah. the first few days bringing the baby home, like I – like, I just, like, look at him and cry. Like, this is before all the protests and everything like that. Yeah. It was, like, the, the first few days with him home was really tough for me because, like, I would look at him and think, like, oh, my God, like, I have to protect him for the rest of my yeah. life. <laughs> like, yeah. the rest of his life. Like, how do I make sure he's safe? How do I make sure he's okay? Like, right. this world right. is so crazy. Like, people don't care about you. Like, people yeah. care about you, but the vast majority do not care about yes. you. Yeah, so absolutely. it's like, how do I keep him safe? Like, what do I tell him that, like, will make him understand how to maneuver in this world? Like, Yeah, yeah. It was really tough. But then, like, once everything started happening happening with the protests and everything, it it was, like, on the one hand, it's, like, oh, my gosh, yes, like, revolutionary. Let's mm. protest. Let's get these things changed and everything like that. But then things started getting, like, really hectic with, like, the looting and everything. And sure. people getting, like, hurt outside by these cops, like. It, it was a lot and it became really overwhelming to me like as the days progressed like mm-hmm. I, I just wanted to like get off of social media but like yeah. that's the only thing I have in my house all day sure. is social yeah, media yeah. so it's like it, I there was no really running from it at all absolutely um yeah so it that became, became kind of overwhelming and 
I don't know. It just, it was a lot. (laughs) It was a lot. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. I know a lot of my black friends and black colleagues, they talk a lot about the self-care element of, um, of not, uh, having to bear witness to a lot of the violent acts against their own people. So like maybe reading about it or staying educated and aware, Mm -hmm. Uh, but not watching the videos or sort of spending like hours and hours and hours scrolling and and trying to figure out a self-care routine that would help in that regard. Yeah, exactly. So I I would do the same thing. I I wouldn't watch any videos about it. Like I would read a little bit about it, educate myself about it, but that's like the furthest it would go. Um, I just, I I couldn't, I couldn't consume all of that for myself. And like, even like when I went to go like just relax and watch a movie, like I wouldn't watch anything that like has to do with like, um, like police brutality or like, um, anything to do with like horror or anything like that. Like just try to like keep things as upbeat as possible for myself, just for like my mental health. Cause like staying educated is like one thing that we all should do, but it's also like making sure that your mental health is okay because that's a lot to take in every day for like weeks and weeks at a time. Absolutely. Well, especially when you have a lived experience of it. Exactly. Like being a black woman and raising a black son is like, oh my God, like this is really the world that I brought him into. And on the one Mm -hmm. hand, it's like, what did I do? (laughs) How could I bring someone into a world like this? But on the other hand, it's like, okay, I just like have to educate myself the best that I can have to educate him the best Mm -hmm. that I can just make sure that he is okay, that he knows what to do in the event that he gets stopped by a police officer and hope to God that things just go well. Absolutely. Do you feel like, um, you know, when you were pregnant, uh, you were thinking about these things a lot more as you were, you know, obviously going to bring a baby into the world. Yeah. I would imagine that it's always been a part of your own, you know, socialization to America, but I guess right. how did it shift for you in that transition from, you know, you know, being a black woman to then being a mother and then having a black son? Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Did it change things for you or, or how you felt or any of that? I think um, being a black woman, like part of me, like worried about it and part of me thought about it but really like I personally I haven't experienced much with the police at all especially not like any type of like brutality or anything like that and I'm privileged in that way that like I I've grown up like that and I haven't seen Mm. anything like that personally but like that doesn't exclude me at all because at any given moment I can easily be someone like that someone that does get hurt by a police officer or anything crazy like that it's like I there's nothing that I can do to stop that (laughs) so yeah um like it was a thought but never anything that like I would just like go into a rabbit hole about and just like keep keep thinking about and all those things but like being pregnant it crossed my mind also like oh my gosh like I'm raising a boy, (laughs) right? Yeah, a black boy on top of that. Like, oh my gosh, what? Mm. Like, what am I doing? (laughs) But it wasn't. It still wasn't like as serious. 
but now now that right. it's like at the forefront of yeah. social media and that like we really see it and we, we're mm-hmm. really getting a better understanding of what this actually is and how often it occurs yeah now it's like holy crap like mm-hmm. this is scary yeah how <laughs> has that affected your own your own emotional well-being mental health it's been tough like I've been thinking about like what what that conversation is going to be like when I yeah. finally do have it with him and then like yeah. how early do I have that with him mm. it's like it, I, it got like ignorance is bliss yeah. <laughs> and like I don't want to raise him in a way that he's just like he just doesn't know what's going on in the world and yeah. at the same time I don't want to like bring all these horrors to him and like yeah. make him afraid of the world either so mm-hmm. it's a really like tough thing to balance because yeah. like um if you know about like the Tamir Rice case the 12 year old boy in Cleveland yeah Yeah. so it's like one's like Trevon Martin like it's like yeah how young is too young yeah Yeah. like Elijah McLean who was I mean he was older but his you could tell his spirit was so young and innocent yeah Yeah. exactly and like I said it's, it's like nothing you can do personally it's the people outside who just don't care. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, it's uh. tough. When you and Mikael talk about it, your partner, you know, what do you guys talk about or, or how do you plan for it or what does that look like? We haven't really planned for it yet. And that that's mm-hmm. a conversation that like we're going to have is just like, when do we talk about it? And like, yeah, how do we talk about it to him? Um, but like amongst ourselves, we like speak about everything that's going on in our own yeah. opinions on it. Like looting mm-hmm. was, was a topic that we spoke about. And like in the beginning, I was like, oh yeah, like burn this place down. <laughs> like, right. Yeah. Loot everything. Right. But yeah. He like tried grounding me with that and was just like, no, like, what are you talking about? Like, this is like, this can turn out so bad. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, no, like you don't understand like this is so bad like he is a black man but he is also Puerto Rican and like um when you look at him you you will see like the Hispanic male that he is right meaning as an African-American woman who is very clearly African-American I'm like no right like you get it but like you don't get it and blah 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 like we need to be doing this but then as days progressed and like we started seeing how bad it actually got mm. like I really had to tell him like no like I was wrong <laughs> like yeah. maybe the looting wasn't the best idea maybe the rioting wasn't like what it was supposed to be <laughs> right, right um it it just turned out to be a lot and those are yeah. conversations we had yeah for sure I know it's hard because it's like it's a it's a just reaction to an unjust system. Right. Um, but I can also, you know, imagine that it, yeah, it can be scary. And then there's also the added problem of white people coming in and also adding yeah. a lot, you know, a lot of the issues and, and the violence to the protests and it's complex, you know, and I think that's what's hard. Um, you know, that's Definitely. what's hard for people is that they, they want to see it as this like, it's one way or the other way 
issue, you know, Mm -hmm. like it's either, you know, Republican or liberal um, or like literally it's black or white, but there's, there's definitely um, an area in there where, where like with the looting in particular, where it's like, okay, like, well, maybe it was causing a lot of damage, but then at the same time, this was the way that people were grieving and experiencing their emotions. Right. There's no question that police brutality is wrong. There's no question that racial inequality in our country is systematic and awful and evil and all of these things. Mm-hmm. Um, but so often people try to like, yeah, to place these reactions in like these boxes where it's just so much more complex than that, like you're saying. Yeah, I agree. Totally. Yeah. What do you feel like for you has been um, the best way for you to cope or to remain grounded or balanced during this time? I think the baby keeps me super busy. Yeah. (laughs) So like, like it's very easy for me to just get off my phone and just do something because there's always something to be done. Like my mom, she always says, um, a mother's a mother's job is never done (laughs) so Mm. when I feel just like overwhelmed I put my phone down I put the baby in the carrier and I just do something something always has to be cleaned he always has to be cleaned (laughs) Um, so I just like get myself busy and do something or like I'll FaceTime my sister FaceTime my mom they always want to like see the baby and scream through FaceTime that he's just so cute so (laughs) just do something with the baby that makes me feel better yeah like connect to life in a way and also yeah you know Cairo represents also hope you know like hope for a future generation and for things to be different and to change for sure I agree what would you say to encourage others who are maybe feeling Um, like they're having a hard time with what's going on at the moment? Um, I mean, that's a good question. (laughs) I guess what I tell myself is just like, like we've always seen progress. Like Mm -hmm. there's always a rainbow after a storm, basically. Like, like if you just look at history like Martin Luther King and Malcolm X like there has been change so like it's it's easy to see this and think like oh my god the world is like ending (laughs) but really it can like just be beginning for us it can be a new world for us where Mm -hmm. things are changing like this which is the point of all of this yeah so like just not to lose hope and yeah, just keep hoping for a better future. Yeah. What is your, um, I don't know if you talk about it with your grandma or your mom, but do they mm-hmm. have thoughts on uh, Black Lives Matter and their own oh, experiences? Yeah. Yeah. I they imagine. feel very strongly. <laughs> yeah. Um, my mom and my grandma I haven't really talked to about this recently, but like we've had conversations growing up my whole life. Sure. So like, my mom and my grandma are very black power and just yeah black people yes (laughs) they they both feel very strongly about this topic and just like and I'm sure like the looting and everything for my grandma specifically she's probably just like oh my god what's going on Mm -hmm. my mom understands it a little more but like still 
oh my god what's going on <laughs> right right um but like they they do feel very strongly about it yeah yeah what gifts do you feel like they've passed down to you as a mother I think awareness just like mm. my mom has never like sheltered us my sister yeah. and I yeah. from like current events and like knowledge of of black people and our heritage and all these things like we've never been sheltered from that my mom has had all types of conversations with us about these things so it's nothing new it's nothing that like I haven't heard before so I think that's a gift in itself a lot of people that I've met like their parents don't have these conversations with them. So mm-hmm. once they get out into the world <laughs> and do have yeah. these conversations, like they say a lot of things that they haven't really had the time to develop in conversation. Yeah. So it's like things are new to them that aren't new to me, which mm. yeah, I feel is great. Yeah. Yeah. You feel like you, um, had very like open discussions with them that prepped you for living while black in America. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Yeah. As a black woman, definitely. Yeah. Like I I don't have any brothers and like, I didn't grow up with my dad really. Mm-hmm. So like that aspect of it is kind of new to me. Like, yeah. Just like understanding like the black man's struggle Sure. And like seeing it on over social media and reading people's testimonies, black men's testimonies on being a black man in America, that part is new for me. But like as a black woman, like this is something that has been talked about my whole life. Yeah. And again, it's like your lived experience in America as well. Exactly. What has it been like for you? I know that um, obviously you dance and, and you were in the ballet world Mm -hmm. ballet community for a long time what was it like for you there oh man (laughs) I whenever like that makes me think of when I did my summer intensive in high school um Mm. at this ballet program um and just like being the token black girl (laughs) yeah yeah it it was it's it can be pretty crazy like if you look at a room on any given day at any of these any of these ballet programs any of these ballet schools if it's not Alvin Ailey if it's not um Ballet Hispanico or um like these more ethnic ballet groups you will definitely be able to point the token black girl out in a millisecond like absolutely they they don't try hard to like to hide their racism Mm, (laughs) Um, at all so there's that like I was really the only black girl in my program like in my in my division um in each division there was like one black person Mm. so it's like wow this is crazy I remember seeing black girls in my audition that were great but where are they now right um and then just like even when you look at like little details of ballet like right the color of tights, the the color of tights that these programs deem appropriate for class. Mm -hmm. Like they're all pink tights. Why are they pink tights? Because that is flesh tone for the white dancers. Yeah. This is what looks like flesh tone on them. 
and mm-hmm. this just has become uniform for all ballet right which is like something that like absolutely needs to be changed because yeah. like if we look at the history of why this is the way it is it's racism absolutely yeah. <laughs> um so there's that and then when you look at point shoes and um and regular ballet slippers like they're mm. pink why because flesh tone yeah. Um, but when you go to like these more ethnic um, ballet companies, like um, like the ones I mentioned, everything is nude for a black person. It's flesh tone for a black right. person, right. and it's 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 just crazy. Like when you when you know these things, right? Everything just becomes so like eye opening to you because yeah. like you yeah. really can point things out so easily once Mm. you know but once if you don't know it's just like oh yeah this is ballet what do you mean (laughs) right well yeah I mean that's like part of why white ignorance is so prevalent is because people don't take the time to think about um you know people other than themselves you know like this is this is the inherent problem is that you know the white community um due to privilege can turn their face away and have it not be their problem. Um, And thankfully things hopefully are changing somewhat in that area, but there's still so much work to be done. Um, And I know that in the ballet community as well, I've I've seen that there's some movement there in terms of getting more, um, you know, clothes and ballet shoes and things like that for uh, the black community. But again, I think as a, institution like systematically like you said ballet has always been um like racist yeah for sure (laughs) yeah what what helped you to like to push through that or um to work through it and continue with your love of of dance um I guess like just following black dancers and yeah showing them support like helps me because like you'll see if you just look at numbers on social media, like a white person's followers compared to a black person's followers mm. in the in the ballet world. Like they could be yeah. in the same roles. If not the black person being in a higher role, they'll like still have more followers. They'll still get more engagement on social media and all these things. And I think it's really important for myself as a black person, as a black woman, as a black dancer to yeah. show support to these people who I look up to and who I yeah. feel like I should see more. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Well, and and you're also, you know, representing that as well. Yeah. For kind of. Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> you are. I mean, I've seen, you know, I know that you had a baby and so things have been put on pause, but yeah. Um, you are a phenomenal dancer and um thank you. You know, you're part of that movement and that change as well. I try to be. <laughs> yeah. You know, what do you feel like has to happen in order for change to really occur? I think awareness and like yeah. accountability. Like, um, if we really get the organizers of all these things, like yeah. like these ballet schools and everything like that, to really understand the history behind like the uniforms that they implement every day and like and have them be socially aware and take accountability for for just like 
allowing these things and making these these rules so strict yeah about like just uniforms and things like that Mm. I think that would help a lot yeah well the exclusion is like a huge piece you know yeah for sure you know that's that's how racism and systematic racism has worked is to like exclude a certain group of people based on the color of their skin Mm -hmm. and for them to really make a change, like you're saying, they would have to really acknowledge that and make an active effort to change things within, you know, the dance world and the dance system. Right. And there are companies that are doing it and, and, you know, you see the change happening. I think my hope as a white person and, and, you know, as somebody who also has to take responsibility for herself is like, what I encourage my white friends in the white community to do is, is to really, you know, make an empathetic change, like not just like, Oh, I have to do this because like we're under fire or because I don't want to be like the bad white person, like really taking responsibility, but also like taking the time to connect and to understand and to compassionately feel Mm -hmm. as, as best we can, you know, what people, um, you know, black people within America have experienced this, you know, ex- experienced their whole life. And there's levels of it that we can't understand. Um, but that change, like, I feel like it has to come from the heart and not just the brain. I agree. <laughs> I feel the same way. Yeah. What do you feel like, you know, spiritually, um, being a mother, uh, the pandemic, all these things rolled into one. Do you feel like spiritual, like spiritually, there's been something that has been helpful to you or that you've grown in a certain way? Yeah, I've been praying a lot more. Um, yeah. Like, whether it be like over dinner or just like putting the baby to sleep, like, mm-hmm. I just, I just feel the need to pray and just yeah. like make sure that like I'm speaking to God and making sure that like I'm just not forgetting that that resource is there because it is a resource mm-hmm. prayer is like meditation yeah. to me yeah. so definitely it, it's had me praying a lot more and yeah. building my relationship with God mm. yeah yeah spirituality can be such a grounding resource in times of strife and chaos and spirituality was a huge part of, you know, my own, you know, growth as a person. And I think like spirituality has always been something that I feel like in like throughout all of history and oppressed people, like spirituality has always been something that has helped to move people like forward. Yeah, I agree. Um, My last question to you is, you know, if you had to offer any sort of like resources, so Instagram pages, books, TV shows, like things mm-hmm. that have helped you uh, being a mom, yeah. like what would you recommend? Um, well, still speaking on like the, like the police brutality and like educational side of things, like following Sean King has like helped me a lot with just like understanding what's going on. He posts like so much every day um, that you can just like read up on for yourself and like just educate yourself like that. That's been helping me educationally as a mom. There's so many pages, like so many pages, especially for like breastfeeding and everything like that. Yeah. Like, 
Oh my gosh. I can't even, like, I can't think of any right now, but like, yeah. oh my gosh, there's so many. If you just like look up breastfeeding, I like to look up like, um, or I like to, to follow pages that have like memes and stuff about breastfeeding. Cause this is just like really funny yeah. <laughs> to me. And yeah. like, you've posted bring- some of them and I've laughed. Yeah. I love them. <laughs> Um, so a lot of that and a few, like, just like mom influencers. Like I, I met this woman at, um, my Miss New York pageant recently. Mm, and not, yeah. not recently. I was like a year or two years ago. Recently. <laughs> yeah. Um, I met her, um, and we followed each other from there, but she just recently had a, a baby like a year ago. I think he's one years old. Uh, her name is Alexis Christine on Instagram, if I'm not mistaken. But mm-hmm. she's like becoming this amazing mom influencer that like has so many resources and so many tips and tricks for just like feeding your baby or like yeah. tools you can get that'll help you like keep your house cleaner, like mats for the baby's high chair and mm. all these cool things. So uh, I think she's a really cool person to follow. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, when I post this on Instagram, I'll definitely tag you in it. And I would encourage everyone who's listening to follow Aniva to follow you because I think you offer, well, you just like, I love like, you're like one of the few stories that I I watch. Really? (laughs) And I'll like listen to it because you just, you offer like really insightful things about being a mom, but you're also really vulnerable. Like you're not afraid to just be like, yep, like this is how I'm feeling or like this is what I'm struggling with. Sometimes I Um, think I'm a little crazy for that. (laughs) Just like throwing it all out there. (laughs) No, I think it's, it's, I mean, I'm not a mom and I like, I aspire to be as good of a mother as you. Um, But I think you really give a lot of encouragement to other people who are struggling. And uh, the fact that you're like, you're not afraid to share it is really powerful. And I thank you so much for sharing today and for taking the time to talk to me. Um, your words, as always, are meaningful to me, but I, I know that they'll be meaningful to other people as well. And I just I feel really grateful for you. Thank you so much. I'm so happy you had me on your podcast. Yes, <laughs> yes. Well, I love you. I love you. You're like the only person I would say that to on the podcast. But <laughs> <laughs> you know I do. <laughs> I love you too. All right. Have a good rest of your day. I'll hopefully get to see you soon. Okay. Open Hands is produced, hosted, and edited by Sarah Nickerson. Theme music is by Sleeping at Last. You can find Open Hands on Instagram at Open Hands Podcast. Thanks so much for listening, and be well.